it feels good to be back. It feels good to be back. I have been really actually looking forward to sitting down and recording this episode nine of my lovely baby podcast, Mad Yet Mighty, that I am just continually, continually, and I just... If I am sounding a little musky still, I apologize. I am still, still just dealing with this like hellish, hellish head, nose, throat, whole thing. So if I'm sounding still deep throated, not deep throated, deep voiced, I, I'm sorry, but I've been looking forward to sitting down and recording episode nine. Nine, I keep saying it, it feels good. I'm feeling like an upward sprint of energy. And coming from last episode where I was just in this very weird, it was a very weird, and you know, and I like, I was, you know, we were talked, I talked about a lot of things last episode, battling you know, some internal things, some mental things, some anxiety, some depression. I had this like realization like last Sunday. So I've recently have started getting into trying to get into more and more some, some holistic and spiritual practices. And like, I'm still like treading very lightly on like, everything because I don't want to like say that I'm a pro on crystals or say that I'm a pro on meditation or say that I'm a pro and that I practice this. I'm slowly trying to implement more of these practices into my everyday. And to some, it might sound absolutely batshit crazy. Honestly, it took me a while to like, I started to buy crystals and stones, um, a while ago I've had multiple like large salt rocks in my home and I've placed them there and then I like sat them there and they kind of sat there for a little bit and they were really pretty and I would like walk by them and it was like, oh, look, there they are trying to do their work, trying to do the work of what they're supposed to do, putting out the energy. But really I was like, okay, you're not using them. So I'm starting to use them. I'm starting to implement them. I don't have a lot because... From what I've been researching and what I've been learning is the crystals that you're supposed to use will find a way into your life. Now, I've outwardly have bought all of my crystals, but I feel like I'm at a spot now where I need to kind of work with the ones that I have and trying to start using and learning. Um, So, yeah, that and like trying to learn and trying to just educate myself more about astrology, which is another thing that I know some people are like, that's horseshit. And you know what? I am, I've never been a skeptic. I'm not a skeptic about really most things that somebody could probably be a skeptic about. Um, The first things that come to mind are obviously like supernatural things, supernatural things, um, astrology, the use of crystals and holes. So a lot of these things people tend to be very skeptic about. I've never, I'm, I'm always someone who is very open and, you know, not a, not an idiot who believes everything that they read. I mean, you know, sometimes I can get carried away, but 
I've always believed, especially in things like that, that's like they're there for people have experiences with certain things, call it what you want. Is it actually, you know, the crystal? Is it, was that actually a ghost or, um, what's it called? The placebo effect, or is it a placebo effect? Or is it, you know, you're just creating in your head. I've always been somebody who's just like, who's just been into it and believes it and has had certain experiences that obviously I can't explain really more so one. And then I've heard about other things from other people. Anywho, I didn't mean to like, this is not how I was going to start this podcast. And that's typically how it goes, just goes off on a mind of its own. I didn't really want to go on this kind of rant, but I wanted to bring it up because I am sitting here in my podcast positioning surrounded kind of by a, a, as you could call like a crystal altar. And I know that sounds so lame that I'm even saying that and kind of kooky, but I'm doing it. I'm going for it and I'm loving it. And the reason I brought this up is because the last episode, my mind was very, I had a very foggy mind, call it the cold, call it the, the, you know, the meds, the cough, the cold medicine, but I had been feeling and which prompted me to like do that whole episode, which I'm very glad that I recorded that Let Me Clear My Throat episode, which I found it very ironic and I was kind of laughing at myself secretly because I named it that whilst I was going through the disgusting, when I was first just got sick and was like really sick and was coughing up nasty and sounded terrible. And I just found it, I kind of got a little kick to myself, just found it hilariously clever of let my let me clear my throat like physically and like actually and then like let me clear my throat like hey like I have something to say but that was a really terrible but but you get what I'm trying to say so I thought that was like really witty of myself first off I do have to say but I'm glad that I did that because I've actually had not only with that episode but just with the podcast in general I have had a lot of People like, I've had people come up to me and be, say very affirming things to me, very unprovoked. Like, I've been very, like, I don't want to always bring this up around people. I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, and not feel like I'm always talking about it. So like, I, it's, it, sometimes I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Like, I don't want people to feel like they have to compliment me or like have to talk about this with me, but this past, you know, this past week and weekend and just recently, I, I, I don't feel like that's the case, but I just felt like I had to put that out there. Like I was feeling that, but I have had people come up to me and approach me and I've had some, a couple of really great conversations with, you know, people close to me, um, about them listening and about them being really, um, about them just really enjoying and feeling really inspired by some of the things that we've, you know, I've talked about or I've brought to light or just have really enjoyed it. Or I've had people say that like really enjoyed it and like want to go back and like, I'm, you know, listening to more and I want to, I'm like going to listen all or just, they just have said really nice things and I'm just really grateful. And it was just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time putting into words as I sometimes do, but it was, it's been very affirming to me. And on this journey of trying something that is scary and putting yourself out there, those, 
those words of kindness just mean more than you could ever imagine. And I'm so thankful for the conversations that I've had with people recently. And I've also started to, I, like on this path, it's like a personal vendetta of mine to start accepting compliments, you know, from people when they give them to you. We are so prone to, when somebody gives us a compliment, to just automatically deflect it or automatically getting compliments, at least to me, they can be really uncomfortable because I feel like we're in this age where you don't want to seem like too like, oh, thanks so much, like too con, like you don't want to see snobby. You don't want to seem like, oh, like you're fishing for compliments or you don't, it's just like, no, why don't we just cut that shit? Why don't we just be, why don't we just accept it? If somebody says something to you, whether it's out of the kindness of their heart or whether there is some like other reason why they're saying it to you, I'm trying to be receptive of it. And just simply by saying, which started out to be really hard at first, just simply saying, thank you. It, and it still is hard. It is still hard to just say thank you when somebody says something nice to you, about you, what you're wearing, what you're doing, how you smell, whatever. Instead of like finding a million things to say to be like, oh God, no, like, you know, this isn't, oh shit, you know, I, I feel like shit, I look like shit, I didn't sleep last night, yada, yada, yada. It's like, just say thanks or just say, or just try to look at them and say, thank you, that's really nice of you to say. I'm just trying to do that because I want to start taking those compliments. I think it's all in the part of like trying to feel better of myself and not trying to just always put yourself down and not try to take good things from people or, you know, feel like if you do accept that compliment, like you're going to seem or like she just, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not being very, I'm being so vague right now. I feel like when I'm talking, God, but I feel like people listening will completely understand. Anyways, so yeah, I've been, I tried, I've been trying to do that recently because I have had really nice conversations with people and once again, in a time where it's just a very vulnerable state and you're putting yourself out there and I enjoy doing it, it still is nice to get that, to just get that little bit in return. So yes, I also want to talk about the fogginess in Tying it back to why I even started the podcast out talking about crystals and astrology because Mercury was just recently retrograding. And I know that that's something that I feel like I always hear about and I'm like, what the hell is Mercury? Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's talking about Mercury in retrograde. What is it? And I realized that right after a couple of weeks of just brain fog and not really being very unsure. And I felt I felt like my creativity had just been sucked out of me. Like I always think of Austin Powers trying to find his mojo, losing his mojo and getting his mojo back. I always refer it to that. I have these moments where or like it was that period of time, that like two to three weeks where I just felt like my creativity was just 
had been syringed out of me and I was just like this empty blob. I like, I, I feel like I've, I've, I've already said this. Like I turned to Brad one night and I was like, am I creative? Is my creative? Is my, am, I don't feel creative. It just was obviously being like the dramatic theatrical, um, chick that I am, but kind of being serious at the same time. And he like looked at me and was like, oh my, you know, it was just very like, once again, very affirming and very supportive. And I was, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Stop feeling this way. Okay. So last Saturday, Sunday, I do believe I had the dates up. I believe it was like August around 23rd. Um, yeah, like last goodness gracious I'm sorry what last week or the week prior anyways Mercury went out of retrograde and it's like I instantly just felt lighter so I went okay so here we go I went and got a tattoo like last week and I (laughs) let's just transition into that since my tattoo is my astral my constellation sign so I went and got a tattoo on my right forearm and I've been wanting it forever or wanting something to have to do with being a Scorpio being a sun sign or that being my sun sign just I just always have been a felt like a true blue Scorpio it's always been something that I'm into and I've always liked the you know, astrology, yada, yada, yada. So I wanted to get it because I was like, I'm starting to really kind of like turn to all of it and look to it and just accept certain things about me that way. Like I'm just starting to read more into it. So ergo the Scorpio constellation that I have flowers instead of stars. And I like didn't post anything on social media. It was a very something that I've been wanting to do and I was like, you know, I've been feeling I was sick. I was I've had like 3 weeks of just feeling like total weird brain fog. I'm going to go do this thing for me. Brad was on a bachelor party, which not like why I was like at all, but I was just kind of like I'm going to like go out and do something for myself and that's fun and that's, you know, kind of like something that's just just do something crazy. I just wanted to go out and just do it. I've been wanting to do it. I did it. So that was right at the end of Mercury retrograding. And I kind of like found that out and I was like, interesting. It just so happened to be that around that exact same time. And I like had not known. It was just weird. I woke up, I woke up the next day. It was like that Sunday or Monday. And I just felt lighter and I just felt different. I I don't even know how to describe it. It was weird. And then I feel like it was like that night I went home or it was later that morning when I woke up that I had found out that we were no longer in Mercury retrograde and everyone was like posting about it on Instagram. Like a bunch of people that I follow was like, all right, ladies, like we're back. Like we're good. We're like, we're in the clear. And I was like, what the hell? So I was like instantly kind of weirded out. I was like, okay, I need to do a little bit more research on this because I need to find out what it is. Like what actually is it? Like what is going on that is causing people to feel this way? What's like, what's, what's like the research behind it? So I kind of did a little, you know, I did a little research to just look more into it. 
And basically what I got from it is that Mercury is, they had, like, they gave this example in the article that I read that um, us, the Earth, we're moving, Mercury is moving, and then there's a time and a place where they, they, they compare it to, like, when you're driving in a car and you're driving and somebody's driving next to you and you're driving the same and then they kind of speed up a little bit and go in front of you and then, like, they let their foot off the gas and just ride it. And then they kind of, you then go, it's the shifting of like springing ahead and then going behind, like, and then coming back. Once again, I'm being so vague, but like two cars on the road, you're driving both at the same point. The car next to you goes ahead of you and then you come back and then go ahead of it. Something like that of movement of shift. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's kind of, interesting and it makes sense like I always feel like the planets the universe they're moving they're putting we're in this that's a whole black hole we're in we're in a black hole of energy and in magnetism and movement I mean the the different moons affect the ocean how can you tell me that it's not going to physically affect us somehow that just it just it just has to so when that's happening it causes a lot of like just that brain fog in people around people making decisions, their creativity, communication, because Mercury is, is the planet of communication. And it's like that specific and it gets even crazy, like down to like the body and very in depth. And I'm not going to go that in depth because I still, it's like still, I don't, still memorize or know all of it. But what I was gathering is it just creates this time of uncertainty and kind of that heaviness on people. And I was like, whoa. And it instantly, like I instantly was like, I don't know why I'm surprised by this. I don't know why I'm surprised by, you know, me actually feeling like this actually could be a thing. Mercury in retrograde could actually be affecting, could actually be fucking my shit up. Because now I just feel like, you know, I feel like write. So I write a lot. I write a lot. I, I, I go into these stream of consciousness and I just write. Like I used to journal, but then now I get these thoughts, almost like little short stories. And they'll come to me out of nowhere. And then I just sit down and I just start writing and I just free write. And I haven't read back on my, I've read back only on a little bit of free writing. Um, but I do that a lot. So I journal that way, um, a lot of internal monologue. And that's kind of, you know, when I write, I'm not saying I, when I do these podcasts, I sit down and sometimes I have like an outline in front of me and sometimes I don't. Normally, I don't even go remotely near the outline and I just completely go on another tangent. But it's, it just helps me practice my, that inner monologue. Anyways, going a little bit behind, behind the scenes there. But During those couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks, I felt like that was like shut off. I felt like that valve, like nothing was coming to me and I was starting to have a panic. I was starting to freak the fuck out because I was like, um, that's why I was like, am I, have I lost all creativity? Am I screwed? Look at me. I just started this podcast and I am completely, the well is running dry, people. The well is running dry. I'm drying up. I'm panicked. I was, it was just an utter, it was a total... I call it my like a like a midlife crisis. It was a three week period of an utter midlife crisis. 
except not a midlife crisis because like I wasn't freaking out about going bald or needing a motorcycle. And I feel like those are things that men do in their midlife crisis. So not sure why, but you get what I'm saying here. Anywho, I'm starting to think it had to do with Mercury being in retrograde. And once again, call me a kook, call me a freak, you know, a nut bag. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold that it didn't have anything to do with it, but I also, I'm not saying that like, oh, like it was an anxiety or depression because yes, it was, it was that as well because those come in, that spikes, anxiety and depression spikes like waves. It falls and rises like waves, crashes like waves and damn baby, we crash hard. But I also think it had a little bit to do with the damn mercury Damn old Mercury being in retrograde. Anyways, look it up. It's very fascinating. If you're kind of into astrology or if you're starting to like read more about your sign. Um, Recently, something that I came across as well as having your sun sign. And so mine is Scorpio. And that's the one that you know that you've known your whole life. That like when you read your chart with your birthday, that's what it is. There's also a moon. You Everyone also has a moon sign. And what a moon sign and sun sign. So when you were born, what, um, you know, what constellation or what area, what um, zodiac was your, was the sun in and was the moon in? So, and when you find out your moon sign, it kind of creates like a more 3D version of yourself. Um, it, It creates, it fills in the gaps of where maybe you're one sign. You're like, yeah, absolutely. But like, I feel like I have this as well in me. Find, research your moon sign as well. So you need to know obviously where you were born, but to really make it exact, you need to know the time of your birth and go to cafe astrology, do a birth chart. It will blow your effing mind. So I recently did my birth chart and I found out that So I already knew I was a Scorpio, my sun sign, my moon sign. I'm a Leo, which when I read my chart and when I read what my moon sign is, so your sun sign is how, how people can, or how you feel like people see you, but so it's, it's, so it's a lot of looking like looking at you, but your moon sign is how you feel um, the inner you. So it's very, very interesting because I've always felt this way, but I've always just read about being a Scorpio and what a Scorpio is and very passionate, very intuitive, very intense. Um, they talk a lot about like the darkness, the dark with being the Scorpio And these very intense thoughts and being intuitive and being able to read and not putting up with bullshit and not giving out bullshit and just um, being a very secretive, mysterious sign. And I feel like they're very bold. They're very strong. They're very loyal. They're very fierce. Um, They don't take shit. And if they are crossed, they pretty much just cut you off. And I'll tell you what, I... I have, I mean, I've done that. Like I have just cut people off because that's just, that's just how it is with me. It's like, you're done, you're done. And, um, so I've always, I've always just read that. So when I read about my moon sign, I was like, oh my God. And when I read about being Leo, being my moon, being my inner me, it made me feel so much more whole. And once again, just validated everything that I'm 
kind of doing in my life. So when I read about my Leo moon sign, I found out and I got all of this from Astro Style. So I just wanted to like, you know, credit them as the, you know, great podcaster and, you know, respectful podcaster that I am. But born with a Leo moon sign, they're saying that they are the epitome of theatrical. I'll wait. I just read that and I looked up and I shit my pants when I read that. I was like, well, duh. Hello. That's, that's, that is my, that is the one thing that I think I can always describe about myself is dramatic and theatrical. I mean, can we not? They love to shine and the limelight loves them for being so proud, bold, and forthcoming with their delivery and flair. I mean, not to toot my own horn here, but it sounds <laughs> what I'm doing now. Hello. Following this podcast, I, it just was it's just been very weird. If your moon is in Leo, you often find your outlet through performance, sometimes straddling the line between stage and real life. Once again, that I read that and that kind of freaked me out a little bit because sometimes I do feel like. I feel like I am constantly, when I'm in front of, or when I'm with people that I know and that I'm close to, I am not like this with in situations where I am not comfortable or I do not, I do not know my audience. But when I am with friends and family, I am 100% feel like I'm on a stage and I'm not trying to be on a stage, but I feel like I can be my real self and I feel like I can just, I can just live if that, if that makes any sense. And it just so happens that, you know, I... I say things sometimes that maybe aren't the greatest, maybe aren't the most PC, maybe aren't the most, you know, sometimes they're, sometimes they can be funny, but I feel like that's how it is. And I still sometimes feel like I do, you know, I do feel kind of like, okay, people think, I don't know, the stage in real life reference kind of got to me. Then courageous, kind, generous, protective, nakedly honest. I liked that descriptive word because that's very true and just a nice way not to say just blunt as fuck. A Leo moon sign can be an endless source of entertainment and also be your most loyal friend. I mean, this is opening my eyes in ways that I can't even tell you. Leo moon sign energy leaves others feeling awakened and revitalized in an empowering way. So... Anyways, I, I don't want to go into like more about my signs. I just, I feel like everyone should go look up your son or no, find out your son if you don't already know it. It typically is the one that you have been um, associating with like since, you know, if you've been into and followed horoscopes, but your moon sign is the inner you and how you feel and how people close to you see you. Very interesting. And then it, you can go even deeper and start talking about your ascendant sign or your rising sun and... So basically it's where the sun was in the eastern or how it was in the eastern horizon. And I, that could be, hold on, I have it right here. I want to just, I just want to get it right. Because this one I'm like, I'm starting to research. I've obviously have done my most research in my sun and I'm trying to find more out about my moon because I think that's going to help. That helps people internally um, learning about your moon sign because your moon sign shapes your emotions and your soul and it colors the subconscious stuff going on below the surface. I got that from Astro Style, but I loved it because I was like, huh, it's making sense. Like our inner selves, those feelings, the deep, those like deep desires and urges that not everyone else sees. So 
yeah, I feel like everyone go out, look at that. So yeah, I've just been on this like big, I've just been on this big astrology kick, especially with my tattoo and just wanting to find more out about it. Um, yeah. So yes, got the tattoo, still loving it, absolutely adoring it. Um, and now after finding out my moon sign and reading about my moon sign and reading about how more I feel like, I feel like, okay, if I was rendering like a character, like I feel like back in art school or not art school, Jesus Christ, I didn't go to art school back at like Mercer elementary, which was my, obviously my elementary school, we like had this program or maybe it was even at, I don't even remember. Maybe it was at middle school. We like played with this program and like, it's like a digital class where you would like create shapes and spheres and in like the foreground, it was like, it was like a computer program and then you would render it and then you would watch it like form and become 3d. I feel like finding out my moon sign was just like, I feel more whole because I love my, I like, obviously like Scorpio is, I feel so pulled and drawn to it, but then that totally describes me, a Leo moon. I mean, yeah. So go and do it. <clears throat> Got the tattoo and yeah, felt really good about it. So let's now do a complete 180 jump. I kind of feel we've chatted enough about some astrology. Let's kind of go into this last week. So I do not have any fancy form of cable. I live in the dark ages and I pretty much have a just your normal cable. So there's no guide. There is no DVR. And I spend a lot of my time flipping through channels, praying that something's going to come on, flipping up, flipping down. You don't realize how much time you you can't get back when you don't have a guide. I miss having guide on TV so freaking bad. I can't tell you the countless hours on end that I have spent with cable, just flick, click, 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 and having to like memorize channel numbers. I mean, Christ. So yeah, um, that's my current situation. So when there's like a live broadcasting of something on, like I absolutely... I panic now because I obviously, I won't be able to see it if I can't watch it. So the VMAs were last Monday and I was a little hesitant watching the VMAs because nobody, nobody watches music videos anymore. So I still don't really understand like the concept of VMAs nowadays. Like I still do. It's just like, it's like a staple and it's always been around. So, and they still, people still make music videos. So whatever, but it's not something that like I was like expecting to like love watching, but I obviously wanted to tune in because I was like, every time I don't watch a live award show, I have the most severe regret. So I was not going to do that to myself this time. Therefore, watched the, v the VMAs pantless and eating cold ribs and just feeling the purest form of myself. And I was so glad that I watched that because, okay, first thing about the VMAs is the past couple of years, I've actually like taken the time to tune into, let alone MTV. I only watch MTV for a couple of things, but to watch, I just, the past couple of years I've watched it, it's been like 
it's taken place in a warehouse. It's been really low budget. It hasn't really been that great. I don't feel like the like performances are really hasn't been that much to like shout about. And like the VMAs always used to be the place where like, you know, like Eminem did that one thing at one time that I don't remember and I probably shouldn't have referenced it, but things always happen. So it's like, God, you gotta watch it. But this year it was at Radio City Music Hall, which was really freaking cool. And I was really impressed by all of, by the stage. And I guess I just always forget how big Radio City is. I haven't been there. I've been there in person, like on the outside, but not on the inside. So when I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, this is like big time. And like the Rockettes made an appearance. And there was a lot of like, there was a, it was a very heavy, heavy packed cast or ensemble of presenters. So I was like, okay, this year is the big shit. So then I did a little research and I guess this is the, the, the 12th time that the VMAs were at the radio or were at Radio City Music Hall. So that was kind of cool, I guess, if you want to say that or, you know, think that. Um, really funny thing now about the VMAs that actually drives, it drives Brad crazy that they've changed the VMAs from like, it was like, oh, who's going to get the moon man? Who's going to get the moon man? Now it's moon person. And like, I get it. It's 2018. However, the fact that we had to like change the moon man, it's like, to me, it's like dumb. Like, if I go and, like, for some reason were to be nominated for, like, a VMA, like, I'm not going to be personally victimized by the fact that I'm accepting a moon man. I'm just going to be like, yeah, this moon man, woo! Like, I'd go up on stage and be jacked. I am not going to be offended, upset, miserable. Oh, my God, feel like I need to start, like, an activist movement. The fact that they're called, or they were called moon men. That doesn't bother me. That wouldn't bother me as a woman. That would not bother me. Once again... I get we're in 2018, everything's equal, what yada yada, I understand, everyone's got to be an activist, but I just, I think, I'm not going to like waste my time like being angry about the fact that it's called a moon man, or like a moon person now, just because like it's MTV, so I, like I don't expect any less, but it still is like, it still is comical, and it drives Brad absolutely batshit crazy that it's called a moon person. <laughs> which makes me laugh. But I think it's just actually been the last two years that they've called the moon, the moon man, the moon person. But some favorite parts of the VMAs that I wanted to touch on. So first things first. Okay. I didn't like take super hardcore notes, but I did make note of the things that I wanted to talk about. I've got to say it. And I'm, and I was a huge fan back in the day. Don't get me wrong. I used to literally dance in my room. I had the posters. I was literally obsessed with Nick Carter. Um, I mean, literally would at slumber parties, would do choreographed dance to like larger in life in the basement. Like one of the girls that I was friends with when I was younger, she like, she was like, her house was like nice and she had like more money. So they had this huge basement with like floor to ceiling. It was like floor, floor to ceiling mirrors for like one whole room. So we all like would do like a choreographed, we would like do dances. And like, that's what you did at birthday parties. You like did dances and then everyone got in a fight and then everyone would literally be in two teams and it was mayhem for the rest of the night. And 
you know, you're separated. There was a line drawn in the sand and that's how you spent that birthday party. So I digress. Um, right. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. I am literally so over the fucking Backstreet Boys. They suck. It's plain and simple. Like I, like it's cool. They all can still carry a tune. Like I'm sure their wives love them singing to them. I would love it if, you know, I mean, Brad has a great, you know, has a good voice. He actually, Brad has a good voice. So it's nice. Like we can like sing in the car and it's not like, oh my God, you suck. But like, so like, it's nice if somebody like can still sing to you as a girl, like, oh yes, like serenade me, sing me songs. However, the Backstreet Boys performing I need them to not because they're taking themselves so seriously. And I think everyone else is like not taking them. I'm not taking them seriously. I don't think anyone should be taking them seriously. They can still, you know, bust out some choreo and squawk, you know, try to sing. And not all of them can still sing, but like try to sing. Okay, let's break it down here. They were literally like they first performed um, on the red, so it was during the red carpet, there's like this rooftop stage, that like a couple of people performed. They did. And I was like, guys, like, let it go. Like, I get we've done some stuff with Florida Georgia Line. Like, you've featured on a couple of songs. That's great. I love a good feature. I can get behind Backstreet Boys featuring, popping up. Now it's like a thing where like they're trying to have this comeback and their one song that I don't care enough about to like get the, get the, the title. Um, but people were definitely singing along like in the audience. So let's back up. Nick Carter. I'm pretty sure Nick Carter went through like some horrific as of, as Aaron Carter, I believe also did like rehab and drugs and, um, I'm pretty sure like Nick Carter or Aaron, one of them came out as like bi or something. I don't know. I don't know. Nick is pouring his soul into this comeback. I mean, watching him like still like just have this, the mic right up there and he has this face and he is just singing his ever loving heart out and watching it made me want to die. It was so cringeworthy. He, I mean, he is giving it all. And it's, it's quite painful to watch. Um, he's also like hideous now. So there's that. It's just, it's a, I'm just, it's very, very tough topic for me. Then you have Kevin, which Kevin has always been kind of, you know, Kevin was the member that was like, great. He's there. We have to fill this group. We're a group of five. There's going to be the guys that aren't that big. You know, there's obviously Kevin fans out there. And if you're a Kevin fan, I applaud you. I think it's commendable that you were into Kevin. I was never into Kevin, but they're all, you know, everyone has to have their groupie. Everyone has to have their fan group. And I'm glad that he had girls that liked him. Looking at him now, he's still seven foot eight, which I, I don't know if that's how tall he actually is. He's tall as hell. He has long, I mean, he's always had the long hair. Then he kind of did like the short crew cut for a while, which like was then it just made him look even more like blendable. Like at least he was the weird guy with the long hair. And then when he cut his hair, it was like, okay, now you're like really just like blurring into the background of, ins- or of Backstreet Boys. God, I was about to call them in sync. They are not in sync. They will never be in sync. <sighs> okay. I liked both of them that like, I started to obviously like in sync a little bit more. Anywho, 
Kevin now has like this super long, very blown out, very jet black, black hair that he splits down the middle in a middle part. He looks like Rasputin. He wasn't big then. He's even a less of a big deal now. I just can't with that. Once again, I was watching it and just like, oh, guys, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian to me was never cute, never was in a bright, I think like a young, like, cause he's kind of short. He's like, she's a short guy, which like, no offense to short guys, obviously, but like, I think he always kind of had this little complex about him, but you know, I think he was obviously handsome when he was younger, but now it's just like, once again, and his voice isn't that great. And then God bless Howie. I mean, Howie Day, I think it's still, Howie, I think it's still busted too. Now. I think Howie still probably has a really pretty voice. Like if, if Howie was my husband, I would be absolutely 100% into him singing to me. If it was like Nick, I'd be like, Nick, like, no. I mean, obviously if you're married to Nick, like you're still going to be into it. I don't know. I just, I just, it's just too much. It's, it's too much. I'm over it. And then it was very, very cringeworthy. Then they like presented later in the night and it was, it was, ugh. they like did a bunch of singing and it re once again, wasn't that good. And it just gave me, just gave me chills and I had to comment on it. Another thing that I kind of struggled with a little bit. So in this new world that we live in of like Sean Mendez and like the Charlie Poots of the world, like these younger white boys that like come out, they're like trying to make a solo career and they didn't come from like a one direction. They didn't come from a boy band. I always kind of struggle with them a little bit. Never like a huge fan. Um, I like have this vendetta out against like Charlie Puth and I don't know why God love him. I know nothing about him. I like, I, he has a great voice and everything, but I just can't get down and dirty with his music. I'm just not downloading it. Now I do have a Sean Mendes song that I downloaded and I play it all the damn time. So I was going to like, Sean Mendes was like one of the first performances of the night. And he said it was going to be very artsy and he's never done it before. And I was like, okay, Sean Mendes. So he did this like super artsy performance of in my blood or in the blood or whatever the song's called. Such a, I'm such a professional. Um, and this, and he's in this white, white cut off tight wife beater. Um, just a nice pair of tight pants, um, has his hair kind of messy and he's, he's just playing the guitar and it's a very emotional, very intense performance. And then it starts to like the background. This is when I started was like, okay, the budget has been increased this year because it started to then rain on him. And it was, you know, the thunder and the lightning and it was very angsty. It was very, very dramatic. It was very broody. And that was his like creative performance, which good for him. But I don't know, something about performing, if, if you're going to have a rainstorm rain on you while you're singing like this very dramatic song, I just feel like it's hard to pass as not cheesy. I just, I just, um, yeah, it's just a little cheesy to me. I feel like you have to be big shit to do like a huge thunderstorm performance. Like I feel like it's a very, it's, it's like a cold play move. It's very cold play. Um, I don't know. I commend him. I enjoyed it, but I still kind of like, I'm still going to applaud him because I do. I, I like him. I like him. I'm team Sean Mendez. Okay. I'll say it. Um, so unpopular opinion that I have to just, that I just have to say, 
I, I like, I love pink. I am never going to like talk bad. I, I'm such like a, like a pro, pro artist, pro musician, pro creative. I never want to talk anyone, but like when I see pink, I just kind of roll my eyes a little bit. And I know that's like a tough, once again, I'll, I'll, I'll belt out to, um, God, what's the one song about you and your, I literally think it's called you and your hand. I will bust that song out. Um, bust that song out. Sorry. I'm texting the boyfriend, texting the boyfriend. Apologies. Apologies. I'm back. Um, I'll belt it out, but like the pink thing, like, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just, let's just say it this way. This is the nice way I'll say it. I'm not like downloading music to my phone to like listen to like on the reg. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Song of the year went to lovely old, um, and I'm at Post Malone and 21 Pilots for Rockstar. And so like, I'm not like a huge Post Malone fan. It's not that I'm not. I just like, I, once again, I don't download his music. I, I have been more accepting to him as I listen and as I kind of learn more about him and learn kind of like how he is really this like phenomenon, brilliant, young writer, first and foremost, um, which I will totally respect. But like, I'm not going to act like I listen to it and have his music because I don't. I don't. I don't have his music on my so I'm not going to act like I know what I'm talking about with him. But I just thought I would like kind of peep that in there a little bit. Let's see what else I really think. So JLo won like the Michael Va- or the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award, which I- I'll say it. JLo is somebody who like has always been very like a stigma to me. Like she's been around forever and she's done everything. I've never, I've never been like, I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her, but shit, I'll tell you what. I love JLo movies. So then when I see her and I listen to her speak, I'm so all about her. I think she's awesome. I think she's like, just has this really great energy about her. Love me some made in Manhattan. Love me enough. That thriller where she like beats the shit and kills her abusive husband. I will watch that every single time it's on TV. Every single time time it is so good and I just I I love her I love her and everything love the wedding planner love it all and then the last thing that I wanted to comment on about the VMAs which I just I think it's one of the funniest things Assad is about to have the most absolutely batshit crazy life the fact that this kid so I was dry I was listening on the radio the other day and it said once again I was I might have already said this on the last blast podcast, but I was in such a fog. If I said it, apologies, but I'm saying it again. I heard on the radio that he was like signing autographs and wearing a $34,000 Rolex. I don't even think he's two yet. Like literally, the way that I think of Assad in my mind is like when I was younger and when um, Sweet 16 first came out to so the show Sweet 16 on MTV little background if anyone doesn't remember didn't watch it because it's not on anymore when it first came out it was it was all about these insane it was just those insane sweet 16s by these really annoyingly bratty bitchy kids that had their parents had a shit ton of money and then they started putting famous people on there which like I didn't really want to see I wanted to I wanted to see people that like weren't famous that just lived these insanely lavish lives like when I think of Assad I think he's like riding a tiger around his house like I feel like it's very that very like sweet 16 entrance where you're riding on 
that kid that had like a tiger at a sweet 16 or the elephant. Like I, when I think of Assad, I think like that's what he does every single day. He's writing, he's writing endangered species. Like that's the kind of life he's going to have. It, the whole thing just blows my fucking mind. That's the last thing that I have to, that was the last thing I had on the VMAs, but I've been very like starting to be excited. I'm very excited that we're starting to go into fall like every other basic biatch out there. But we had a little incident the other night here at the house. And Bradford and I were sitting on the couch. And we were both literally I was sitting on one couch. We have two couches. We have a smaller like love seat couch and then a longer couch. We were both sitting on a couch in my, so I live in a two bedroom apartment on the top floor. So the main room is the family room, the TV room with the couches. And then it connects into like what somebody would use as probably a dining room. It's more of like a, just a a room that's not used for me. Like I have shelving. That's where I have my wine rack. I do have a pub table. So it's kind of set up to be functional, but I really don't use it. Um, and in that room, there is a chandelier that has a light switch that it's interesting. It, it's a dimmer. Okay. It's not interesting. It's a dimmer. I was like, how do I, how do I describe it? It's a dimmer and you can dim it. And then when you, when you push it all the way down or push it all the way up, the light turns on and off. So we were sitting, we were, we were watching Shameless, I believe we were finishing up Shameless season eight, which was freaking awesome. More on that later back to the haunting of Kilborn. So, and this kind of happened and I was like, Ooh, it's getting us in the spirit, but really also kind of absolutely terrifying. So we're sitting on the couch. We're both, I was on my computer, but I also think I was on the phone for some reason. I can't remember what I was doing. My attention was put on something else. Let's just, I, I was doing something else. Brad was sitting on the other couch and out of nowhere, he goes, I I honestly don't even like remember what he said. It was probably along the lines of holy fuck or oh my God. And I could see him out of the corner of my eye and I can see how he was just staring. He was staring straight ahead of him. And then I got an instantly weird feeling from the top of my head to the, to the bottom of my, like to my toes. It was my body just got like instantly nervous. Like I was like, oh my God. And I looked up and it's, it's hard to even explain because it happened so fast that like a million things went through my mind and like it, it maybe was only like a second, like it was like a second of time. But I literally like looked, I heard Brad said that and like I looked up and I thought it was, I thought it was going to be one of two things. It was either going to be a spider on the wall or it was going to be a, some kind of freaky paranormal shit. Like those were the two places my mind went. Instantly I didn't see a spider and then I noticed without looking. Once again, this is all happening with like, it feels like it was like a sec, like it feels like I had all these thoughts, but like no time was moving. I saw that our dining room light was on when I distinctively turned it off. I, that was the last thing I remembered was, holy shit, Megan, you turned that light off and now that light is completely on. And it wasn't all the way on, but it wasn't all the way dim. It was just a weird, it was, it was on, it was weird. And we both sat there in complete silence in our, we, I think we both at that point, both separately shit our pants and we're staring at each other and 
we both still did not say anything. We were both staring at each other. And then I would, we both like looked over and he was like that. Did you see that? And I was that light. He's like, that light just came on. And we continued to sit in silence because we are both, we watch a lot of, we watch a lot of scary shit. We watch a lot of like dark crime thriller, crime drama, um, psychological thriller, horror. We watch a lot of it. We both have had very creepy things happen to us. Um, we both, he's had weird, like a weird, really weird dream and like weird thing. I've had a weird thing. Like we just, we both are like believers in the, the unknown. I, I, I'm pretty sure he feels like, pretty sure he feels the exact same way. So we were just, I wasn't sure what we were going to do. I was like, okay. And then I, and then, and then you start to like rationalize with yourself. Then you're like, wait, 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 wait. Let's like, let's, and we, and like, I kind of started to like talk it out. I said, I said, I turned that off. I turned that light off. And then he had gotten up after that and had went up and turned the lights on to see if Carson had finished his food. And then he said, I turned the lights off. So then I started to try to like rationalize everything. I'm like, okay, you turn the lights off. And he was like, yes. I said, did you completely click, click it down? And he was like, yes. And I, then we then both started, I think, like, try to think of something else that it could have possibly been, you know, because like, that's what you do when that happens. When I had my, like, when I had my weird, um, I'm, I'm going to call it like a, like, you don't want to call it a ghost, but I lived at a house in, um, when I went to UC, University of Cincinnati, we lived in Clifton, which is the, which is the, the town that UC is in. It's like, And we lived in a house on campus that weird things, like looking back on it, we, there was a lot of weird things that we all kind of collectively talked about after living in the house. Like I I had a just bizarre moment that I can't describe. I've told a lot of people about it because I, I still, to this day, there's nothing else. There's no other explanation other than something was, something made the noise of running downstairs. I was home alone. I was, I lived in the, I lived on the bottom floor of my house. I shared a room with one of my friends, shout out Maggie. And there was two bedrooms. Literally there was a staircase that went down. There was a landing. It was super small. And then right at that landing, you either looked right, there was a door left there was a door like when you got down to the bottom of the landing you could stick your hands out like stick your hands completely out and you probably wouldn't be able to extend them all the way and touch the doors like that's how close this was so our room was the one and Hannah lived and my friend Hannah lived in the other room I was home by myself one day and I was laying in my bed it was the it was the middle of the day I didn't have class and I worked I was working at a restaurant. I worked later that night. So I was laying in bed. I had just made lunch. I was watching, binging the Vampire Diaries because that was that, that was that period of my life where I was 100% in a committed relationship with the Vampire Diaries. Highly recommend Team Damon for Life, Damon Sal- Salvatore, my love, my passion. Um, anywho, laying in my bed. And the one thing about our stairs going down, it was very narrow. The spacing was very narrow. 
you were, there were two walls that lined the staircase. When you went down them, there were no railings. So you put your hands out to balance yourself as you went down the stairs and you, you know, they moved down the wall with you. The stairs themselves were also extremely narrow. So you went down, when I went down them, I went down them kind of fast because I was like, do, 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 do. like once you gained momentum, you kind of just do, 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 down the stairs. Great sound effects, I know. So you could always, and because my, our wall, the two walls, they were the walls, one of the four walls of my and Maggie's bedroom and Hannah's bedroom. So you can hear literally everything and you know the second somebody's coming down those stairs. Like, you know somebody's home, you can hear it, you can... So I'm laying in bed and not, to make matters worse, the way our room was set up was the wall that was the wall. Now I'm going to get all like blueprint laid out or confused. So the wall that was the one of our bedroom walls my bed backed up to it. So I could sit up in bed and my back was against that wall. That's like, so when I, for you first walked in our door, it was like my bed, my back is to the wall. So I could literally reach out from my bed, like flip open the door with my hand and look out and like, you know, whatever. So like, that's how like kind of small, so you can kind of get a feel of like everything. So I'm laying there, I'm watching, I'm minding my own business, watching Vampire Diaries. And we also had a very like abusive slumlord and I'm not being dramatic at all. He was absolutely terrifying and he would come over unannounced. He was weird. He was manic. We had like a very big, almost legal situation happen with him. I mean, I was asleep in my bed one time or I was laying in my bed one time and I heard like, and he, and I had to, I heard him come down the stairs and I literally had to act like I was sleep. It was, and so I was not like, I was not unfamiliar with like weird things happening. So, and, or like him coming in and he would come in unannounced. He wouldn't tell us, wouldn't send us a text. He would literally be like, Chris, landlord, and like open the door, like open our door and come in. So he, so yeah, he would do that. So I was laying in my bed and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, oh, okay. Somebody just got home and I waited for somebody to walk in my room and nobody ever walked in my room. So I was immediately, first off, a little insulted and hurt because that meant it wasn't Maggie and then it was Hannah. And I was like, how dare she not come in and say hi to me, that bitch. So I did just that. I leaned over in my bed to my left. I'm leaning to my left and I open my door and I kind of crank my head and I'm like, she went into her room and turned and like, didn't come in and say hi. So I get up I'm kind of starting to feel weird. I'm like, why, why, would he, why haven't I heard her? Like, I haven't heard her. Like, what is she doing? Did she have a bad day? Did she like immediately come home, turn her lights off and like lay down in her bed? Which I mean is like not like far from like something that I think she would maybe do. So I open her door and it's pitch black and nobody's in there. And I instantly, my body is covered in goosebumps. And I slowly close the door because I'm, I think I'm in shock at this point. 
I slowly close the door. I go back into my room. I close the door to my room. I then go to the opposite corner of my room and I had a bat. Like we had a bat in our room because we lived in Clifton and we actually had a sliding glass door. We were on the bottom level and we actually, our sliding glass door in my bedroom went out to a deck that actually had street access. So it was, that became creepy later on because like I was always scared. I was literally going to wake up and we had, we had to put, I mean, obviously you're going to put curtains there, but I was scared that I was always going to like open my curtain and somebody was going to be standing there. Literally my worst fear. And that just sends shivers down my spine. So I'm standing there. It's the middle. I mean, it's like noon. It's the middle of the day. And I'm like, I'm still like holding the bat, thinking, what is going on? Like, what the actual hell is going on? And it, it still hasn't, it, it still at that point had not registered in my mind what I, what had actually just happened to me. I was still trying to like realistically solve it and there was still an explanation for it. So after being absolutely frozen, like a statue in the corner holding my softball bat, I slowly like went and grabbed my phone and, and like could not lay back down. I was still standing up. I was like texted like everyone that I lived with. So we lived with, there was what, five of us? There was five of us. So I texted a group text and I said, hey guys, just had a really, I like, I don't, obviously this was like shit. This was years ago. I don't remember what the text actually said, but it was some, probably something among the lines of, it's like, hey guys, you know, da da da. Like, did anyone just come home? And at that time, when I sent that text a couple minutes later, um, I, I actually heard the front door open and close. And then I heard somebody walking upstairs. And then one of our, like one of the girls that lived upstairs um, texted and said, yeah, I actually like just got home. Um, and I was like, okay, well, that makes me, I was instantly, okay, well, somebody's home now. Like I feel better. And like, I went upstairs and then that was that. And it was like, at that point, I was like, what? Something happened that was so loud that it, I think what I can't get over is the sound of somebody coming down those stairs provoked me to then be like, oh, in my mind, it triggered, oh, somebody's home. It's either Maggie or Hannah. Oh, I, I can't wait to see who it's going to be. And then like Maggie didn't come in my room and I was like, oh, it must be Hannah. Well, why didn't she? Like I had this entire train of thought stemmed from this loud noise that was, my back was to the wall that it, that it was happening with. What else could it have been? There was, there's literally no other explanation. It was as clear as day somebody's home and somebody just came down our stairs, my stairs. So <laughs> there's my little, um, pre, you know, my actual haunting, you know, the, the actual haunting tangent that happened to me. And then there's, there's other things that happened at that house that like my other friends had experience with who now were just like, it's, weird like it's absolutely creepy and like the, like the house has to be I'm not gonna say like the house is haunted however the house had a very bad juju a lot of bad shit happened in that house I mean the landlord stuff was really like was really creepy and um like very like sh it, that was kind of I mean I'm not gonna lie that was kind of traumatizing we had a bottle thrown through our window in the middle of the night and I remember getting like woken up by one of my best friends, Kara, and she came down and said, 
and like opened our opened my door and was like a bottle just got thrown through our window and I was like what it was kind of delirious and you know these houses are old they're old houses you walk upstairs there was no light on but the curtains were like flowing inward because of the wind and there was glass all over and it was dark and we're like oh my god like we need to call the police who just I mean it a lot of just weird shit happened at that house um and then let alone add on you know the haunting the ghosts so or whatever it is so yeah, so the the light thing, so to go back to our, you know, the Oakley-Kilborn haunting, um, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm very aware of that power can surge. Um, I'm very aware that things can happen. It was weird. It was weird. I'm still not convinced that this one might have been what it was. It was creepy at the time. We were absolutely petrified. I literally started thinking, um, okay, so we're going to have to look up a hotel to go stay in. Like I would, cause you know, I was automatically thinking that because Brad travels so much. He has his hotels. I was like, okay, well, let's go. Like we're, we're not going to be able to stay here. Um, so I'm still not hanky pankily convinced that that was supernatural the other night. We still don't, I mean, we still don't know what happened. Um, I, it could have been something with the light. I, I just, I don't know. However, I do know in the bottom of my heart that when I lived at the, um, oh goodness gracious. When I lived at, what was our house? What was our street name? Oh my God, this is bad. This is bad that I don't remember the house, the house. Wow. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to crucify myself for this. Anywho. I do know that when we were at our Clifton house, it was something like something else happened. And it's weird to say that it's actually weird to like say that, but something else happened. So yeah, just getting us right in the mood for Halloween. You know, it's just that time. It's starting to creep into September. It's starting to creep into my to like possibly soon just all of the, the loveliness about Halloween and on the topic of Halloween. So, okay. On the topic of Halloween, trying to think of this year, what the hell we're going to do and what the hell we're going to dress up for Halloween. Because last year, let me just say that Brad and I just, we just, we just didn't have our shit together and we didn't have a costume and we, you know, we were, we were on a high from the year prior. We did Jon Snow and did Jon Snow and Daenerys, did the whole thing, full-blown wig. We each, we both wore wigs. Brad was dressed in like sweats and long sleeves. And like two Halloweens ago, it was like the Halloween where it was like 80 degrees. And we were down and we like went out to a bar and we were just in full, like everyone was full dressed up. I mean, Brad's in a full like black wig. I'm pretty sure it was like a Michael Jackson wig, but we got it to work for like Jon Snow. He had a fur on. He had like a blanket as a kid. I mean, it was a whole thing. He was sweating his ass off. God love him. He was, we were both, he was committed. We were committed. I knew right then and there that I had just found a winner, found a true winner. But last year we absolutely choked. We had FOMO the entire night. And I hate to actually like use that word FOMO in an actual sentence, but we were so, we kept looking at each other and like everyone was dressed up and we went downtown and it was just like, like every, even though everyone was dressed up like dumb, 
like, and you know, you're just surrounded by like slutty costumes. I just, which, you know, like I'm all, I'm all for, I'll, I want to go on record and say I'm all for a good slutty Halloween costume. Let it, let it go. Let it happen. People. I'm embracing the fact that people are even dressing up. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Do you, but yeah, we choked last year. We took a really pitiful picture. Like it was just, we're both in like street, just street wear. I'm, you know, pulling the leather jacket. He has a sweatshirt on. God, God love him. He wore a sweatshirt with a, with a sugar skull, like trying, we were trying. It just, we just screwed. So this year we actually are going to be in Colorado. We're going to be in Denver for Halloween and I'm so excited. And we're like, so we're going to go visit friends of his and friends of mine or ours, excuse me, because Jamie is a friend of ours. Um, Jamie and Jose, shout out Jamie and Jose. Hey y'all. But yeah, so we're going to go out and see them. And so we're going to be there for Halloween. And the friends of Brad's that I have yet to meet um, are known for dressing up like to the fullest extent, like They've cross-dressed, they've done it all, they have very intense Halloween costumes. So like we are kind of, we're kind of starting to think about what we're gonna do for Halloween. I am just, I'm lost. I am absolutely lost and I hate girl costumes. I feel like it's so much easier for guys to dress up. I don't know, I just like, I don't wanna be a deer. I don't wanna be like the one, like the one of two like female like superheroes. I don't just, I like, I like the thought of like doing something TV film related, but then those are, you have to be really, they have to be super specific or else no one's going to know who you are. And like, that's, that's everything's so overdone. Like, I don't want to do Pulp Fiction. Like I've never done it. Don't want to do it. Okay. I will never wear that bobbed wig and a, and a, and a button down white shirt. Like I am just, but I want something great. So I had a thought the other night, the night of the haunting, while we were watching Finishing Shameless Season 8. I had this thought, and then I thought it was super brilliant in my head. And then I knew the second I opened my trap and told Brad, he was going to shut it down. And it turned into this entire intense little snippet of an argument that we had. Very playful, very fun, but still very serious on both ends. Just want to, you know, make sure that everyone's aware we are not fighting about Halloween costumes. Um, We were watching Shameless, and I thought to myself, hmm... I, how funny would it be if we were going to, okay, so just hear me out, do shameless and like, but do it, everyone cross-dressed as a character. So like, of course me, I wanted to cross-dress as Frank. And then I was thinking of like, cause Brad's friend is like totally down to cross-dress and he like, I'm pretty sure he has, or maybe he hasn't. And I just have this whole like crazy thought of him that maybe he does, but I, I'm pretty sure that he did. Anyways, I know that he's down to dress up. So I was like, oh my God, let's all like cross-dress. And I was thinking of like Brad being Debbie, which I knew he was going to absolutely despise when I told him. So I told him this and he was like instantly immediately turned off, got very defensive, was very upset that I was, how dare, how dare I even think of dressing up like Frank because he wanted to dress up like Frank and that's been his Halloween costume the entire time, which A, no, it hasn't because Brad has talked about wanting to be the dumb Pepsi or no, excuse me, not Pepsi, the the Dr. Pepper guy, Mr. Sweet or Swisher Sweet or whatever the hell the Pepsi, not Pepsi, the Dr. Pepper guy who I had no, I first had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, who is this Dr. Pepper, Mr. Sweet guy? And I was like, one, I don't know about it. So it's not cool. 
B, no one's going to know who you are and that's not fun. So no, I, I like basically made the decision for him. I was like, no, you're not being Mr. Sweet. And then like, I felt like I kind of like hurt his feelings and I was like, you know what, babe, if you want to be Mr. Sweet, you be Mr. Sweet. But I'm just letting you know, don't get mad when people don't know who you are. See, cause I'm a good girlfriend. I'm supportive. I'm, you know, supporting what he wants to be for Halloween, whatever. And I was like, fine, then we won't be together and we won't do a pair of costume. I have to find my own costume, which secretly inside I'm like still dreading. So yeah, that was instantly a no-go. So no-go on the cross-dressing shameless idea. I still think I, I still think it has the possibility if you did like a full-blown cast and did everyone, like did did Frank, did Fiona, did Lip, did Debbie, did Carl, but everyone was cross-dressed as it, I think it would be absolutely gold. I think it would be fucking hilarious. So Brad just would not hear me out. He was just not about it. So yeah, he... He got mad because, you know, I said I wanted to be Frank and, you know, he's like, no, I'm Frank. I'm like, okay, okay, you're Frank. But in reality, he's been talking about being, you know, Mr. Sweet, the Dr. Pepper guy who after I found out like what it was, I did a little, I was like, okay, I've never seen Mr. Sweet. I had to like look him up. I was like, holy shit, Mr. Sweet is Justin Gorini, Circa American Idol season one. Um, he was the, he was in the final two against Kelly Clarkson from Justin to Kelly. Hello which was one of the greatest movies of all time. And I need to dig that little bubby up and give it a watch. But yeah, so it's Justin Gorini. And I was like, what? And he looks like Prince and it's like a thing. And Brad wants to be him. So as you can see, we both are still very stumped. We have no idea what's going on for Halloween. So that is going to be one of my current, I'm just, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, but I'll tell you what I'm not struggling with in the spirit of Halloween magic. For those who don't know me, let me just introduce myself. Hello, my name is Megan Kelly Cipollone and I love magic. If I, I don't think I ever want to be a magician. It's a little bit like, it's slightly humiliating, but slightly not. Like you have to be good, like good, like a good magician, absolutely 100% not humiliating, but being like a subpar magician, magician is, it's a little, it's a little humiliating. Like it's a little, um, degrading. I still support the craft. Go people go, you know, aspiring magicians, but you got to be good anyways, going off into a, you know, not a good, not a good tangent. Love magic love a good magic trick, love a good magic show. Um, I am very proud to say that the one time that I've been to Las Vegas, I was underage. So no, I could not partake in drinking. Um, I was also with my father and, you know, we just, we just, Cipollonis didn't roll that way, especially with their first daughter. Like my parents were not the kind of parents that were like, yeah, you can drink. It was like, no, absolutely not drinking. If we catch you drinking, you're dead. Like that was my kind of, you know, raising. So no drinking, however, did get to gamble a little bit, you know, never, never put it past an Italian. I did get to gamble. God love my father. Let me do a slot. Let me do some slots. It was a big company dinner. So yes, um, they had a big night set up where it was, we had chips and there was gambling involved and they let me do that. Um, the photographer also thought that I was, um, my father's, um, my dad's wife. So there's that. Um, that was weird, but we got to choose one show to go see. And out of all the shows, the music, the Cirque du Soleil, I chose to go see 
Penn and Teller, the Penn and Teller experience. And by golly, it was one of the best nights of my life. I should have met them. I should have got their autograph. I had the opportunity to. My dad even looked at me as we walked out and we were one of the first ones to walk out. So like we could have, I could have met them. But one, what do you say to, like, what do you say to a magician? Like, I would have had no idea what to say. Like, hey, like, love you. Like, you're amazing. Like, no. And then to top it off, the little bald one doesn't even, doesn't even, Teller doesn't even speak or no. Is it Penn? Is Penn the big guy? Teller, damn it. Okay. The little guy doesn't even speak. So it's just like, it's just the big burly guy. And I just... There wouldn't have been good conversation. I mean, yes, it would have been great to get a picture. As we know from my past, I am not good at approaching celebrities circa the Impractical Jokers story from New Orleans when I saw Joe Gatto in the airport. I just don't do well in the presence of a C-rated celebrity. I just love them so much. I don't know what I would say to them. So I, I once again choked. I didn't get me get it. Didn't get to meet Penn and, Penn and Teller, but did have one of the greatest nights of my life. I also had a love affair with Chris Angel. Loved him. Loved his show. I am just fascinated once again. And then he got to be a little. Then he started levitating in parks. And then I just got a little too much. Like a little too much. I also want to say that I am still heartbroken because last year. I purchased David Blaine tickets for Brad and I to go see him at the Taft Theater. And let me just tell everyone we had the most depressing night of our lives. That's what we were looking for. It was a Friday night. We were so jacked. We were watching David Blaine specials left and right. Like we were getting amped. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. The theater is going to be intimate. It's going to be the greatest day of my life. Seeing David Blaine. We get kind of dressed up. We're going downtown. We call our Uber. The Uber picks us up. You know, we had a couple drinks. We're like, oh, we're feeling great. A night on the town. Let's go see some magic. And we pull up to the Taft Theater. And what the hell? I step one foot out of the Uber. And a lady comes out and says, is that your Uber? And I say, well, I'm sitting in it. I said, well, yeah, this is, I said, yeah, this is our Uber. She goes, well, you might want to not let it leave because the show's been postponed. And my heart sunk to the bottom of my ass. And I said, oh, so like later? And she goes, no, like there's been a death in the family. Like we're, he's going to have to postpone it. And we'll, you know, they'll, they'll let you know. So we swallow our pride, which we had none because we were going to see David Blaine at the Taft, you know, casual. Literally didn't even get out of our Uber, shut the door and he drove us home. So I never got to see David Blaine because then when he actually came back around, we weren't in town. So it's very, very sad. Um, I'll never forget it. Hopefully I get the experience again. But as you can see, this is not something that I take lightly. Magic. There's a new special on Netflix that's called just dropping the ball. I actually watched it like very unexpectedly, but it's a new, um, it's a new magic special with a guy named Justin. I'll figure it out. But it was actually really good. And oh, magic for humans. It's called magic for humans. And it's actually really, really funny. I love when magic is funny. And like when they do the street magic, 
but I'm also into some super intense, like, on stage illusions. I'm not a big, like, make a helicopter disappear kind of gal. Is it crazy? Yes. How do they do it? I don't know. That's not the kind of magic I want to see. Like, I want to see some, like, mentalist shit. Like, I'm into, like, mentalist love. I love, like, the street, like, with people. You get the people's reactions. David Blaine is, like, super creepy and weird, and he does, like, all the crazy stuff, and I don't know, like, he, like, he, like, loves, like, then you have, like, Houdini, he, like, loves Houdini, idolizes Houdini, but magic is all about illusions, so I'm not saying that these people, like, have powers, but I just, I don't know, it's crazy, how did they do it? I did not plan on going on a magic tent, but I will recommend, if you're looking for a little lighthearted fun to get you in the spirit of, I don't know, to get you in the magic spirit, to get you in the the Hallow's Eve, the fall, the Halloween spirit. Highly recommend. Great watch. Also, this just came to me to get everyone into the Halloween magic uh, magician spirit. One of my all-time favorite movies you must watch. I highly recommend. It's called The Prestige. By It's directed by Christopher Nolan. It stars Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Christian Bale. I mean... Can we ask for any more? David Bowie makes an appearance in it. I mean, it's just amazing. And it is about two rival magicians. And I don't want to get you, I don't, we're not getting this mixed up with the illusionist, okay? With Edward Norton, which God love Edward Norton and I love him and I bow down to him. But the illusionist, plah. That's what it is. It's plah. The prestige is where it's at. And... I'll tell you what, when I first watched that movie and I saw that twist, it about blew my mother, my mother loving mind. I watched it like three times in a day. I just became obsessed because I have a very obsessive personality. I became obsessed with it. It's really great. Um, Really, really, really good. I highly recommend it. So yeah, movie recommendation of the episode. Definitely the prestige. Get you in a little bit of a, the magic spirit. So I think that's going to, I think we're going to, I think we're going to call it a day. I think we're going to call it a day there. We've, it's been quite, it's been quite the journey. Did a lot of looking inward and went on a very, this has been a very mystical episode. It's been, it actually turned into a, be a very spiritual kind of, kind of place, story. I'm digging it. Love it. But I will say, I am laying this out there to lay a little teaser down. I'm definitely going to be putting out another episode here within the next day to two because I definitely want to cover, I definitely want to cover Jersey Shore or we'll be covering it in the next episode because part two did start last week. And oh my God, I, like, I know, like, I expect good things and like, I don't want to get into it. I like, I expect great things. Actually, you know what? Should we just get into it? Should I just... Should I just go for it? Hold on. Let's see what kind of, you know what? We're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. This is going to be an extra long episode, but I'm ready and I had this and I wanted to talk about it. So hello, Joe. Jersey Shore part two family vacation started last week. And to some, it might have been a surprise. To me, obviously, it was not because, you know, I'm sucking at the teat of everything that is Jersey Shore. So 
Well, they did show that, and they kind of teased it at the end of part one. Like Jenny was like, we just opened this story. Like we have way, you know, they did the kind of thing like, oh, like you haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so I kind of was like, wait a minute, are they doing more? And then they showed like a very small teaser and I was like, holy shit. And then while we're in this breaking period and they're in filming, shit hits the absolute fan with Ronnie and Jen. Jen is who he's, is his baby mama. They had their baby, um, Ariana, Ariana, don't know how to pronounce it. But then they also had their public, their public fighting on Instagram where they were literally going live. They were posting stories of them getting like, getting physical with each other and like yelling. And it, it was very dark. It got very dark, but Ronnie's in a very, very dark place right now. So um, I was like, how are they going to be, how are they doing this? Like, how are they actually going to address this whole like Ronnie drama with Jen? So Ronnie and Jen live in Vegas where Polly D also resides in Vegas. So part two of Jersey Shore family vacation starts out in Vegas. And it starts out with Polly D like saying that he wants to like get everyone out there. He's going to, you know, come out here. We're going to see the baby. Like, yeah. So, and once again, I was like, okay, what the, like, I liked, okay, let me back up. Let's back up. I liked part one, obviously for everything that it was, because I love the show. I love the franchise. I support them. I want to see them. They entertain me. Season one was a warm up. Season one was everyone kind of getting back together, getting kind of the, the, the talking, the flowing of conversation, everyone's jiving again. Everyone's kind of finding their comedic timing with everyone again. It was good. This is going to be great. Like this part two is going to be reality TV gold. So I guess I didn't know how they were going to like handle like the Ronnie drama. I was like, does this happen in the middle of the season? Are they going to address it? Are they not? Like, how is this going to happen? So in the first episode, like they, it, it is like spearheaded. I mean, like they start the episode showing Jen going into labor and then they have show them in the hospital and like Ronnie, like not being able to go on press with them because Jen had the baby and, and then it, it, it shows shit hit the fan and it talks about like the press and the Instagram fights and, um, you know, nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really knows what's going on with Ronnie. Like what is going on with Ronnie? And when they all get together, I mean, they literally, I, man, they just like, they were just out with it. And Ronnie's not talking about it with that. It's so, it's interesting because everyone's like, it's scripted, it's scripted. And it's like, when you watch, if you watch the beginning of this part two, it's like, there are things that are definitely not scripted. Like these, these people come back together and they all have very, very big personalities and they're all going to say things and they all have a history and they're going to say things to one another that are not scripted. So everyone's kind of like tiptoeing around like this whole Ronnie, this Ronnie, Jen fighting on social media. They just had a baby. Like what the hell is going on? Um, so they definitely got into that. But I guess it, I guess this stuff with Ronnie and Jen happened like at the beginning because like it, it seems like it's going to play out storyline wise. Um, it is a little weird though, because we see like Ronnie, like continuously cry, which I mean, it's like a thing, like it's a thing now, like this man, 
he's like having an internal scary battle. Like he's, he's like, he's sobbing to the point and like having these really like intense cries where it's like hard to watch. It's some hard shit to watch. Let me tell ya. But it's really good. And I will also say that, okay, watching, okay, so watching back this episode, a couple of things. I'm loving the dynamic. I'm loving that everyone seems a little bit more warmed up to one another. Um, And it is kind of interesting now because now that we don't really have a villain, Ronnie's not really the villain. Ronnie's the victim or Ronnie plays the victim and then plays the villain out of, um, plays the villain out of defense like it's like his defense mechanism he's not really who I'm calling the villain this season um and like Angelina's not really the villain anymore we're starting to kind of see Wow take this villain role which I'm not it's not like a bad thing if there's always has to be a villain in a reality tv show there always has to be an antagonist so we definitely see like Ronnie and Mike's no longer the villain. Mike is Mother Teresa. Mike is the voice of reason. I mean, my God, he's so crystal clear. It's like he's like he's like a, a robot. Like he had he has like an alien in his skin. Like it's the weirdest thing seeing him sober and seeing him like positive and have his life together. I love watching him. I think he's still reality TV absolute gold. Um, he still loves to stir a good pot. He's just sober now. So like. He kind of stirs it in different ways. Like Jenny's kind of, I think, going to like use him. But um, Wow definitely is kind of playing, I think, is kind of falling into like the villain role. Somebody has to stir the pot. I think it's going to be Wow this season. But like in a way where like we obviously still love Wow, not like an actual villain role, if that makes sense. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. So they start the season out. They're going to be in Vegas. And then they actually all go back and my heart is just, just growing exponentially. They're going back to the shore. They're going back to the original shore house where it all went down. And I am so freaking excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be heartfelt. We get to see Dina's baby shower. I mean, I am just so, I saw that I, Brad and I watched it. We watched the trailer together and we were both like, yeah, yeah. we were so excited. We're so excited. I'm so excited. So five stars to the Jersey Shore part two. And like I said, I think, I think this season is going to be 10 times better than part one. Like I will, I will stamp it that this show, this season is going to be better than part one. And I can't wait. Y'all on that note, I'm exhausted. This has been wonderful. It's been so therapeutic and cleansing and fabulous. And it's been another amazing lovely time. I hope you enjoyed today. So a couple of things ending up. I would love everyone, if you have not, I would really, really appreciate and love if everyone could go and whatever form or whatever platform you're listening on, if you could please just please go subscribe. And if you know what, if you really liked an episode, like let me know, like reach out to me, Um, Not like in a way that like I want you to pump my feathers out, but like, I don't know, like I've had people like reach out and say that they really enjoyed last episode and um, it has, you know, kind of made them want, or I I don't want to like get get tuned at the end, but yeah, let me know if you, what you're liking. Um, Always would love if you can just review, if you're listening to on iTunes and how you can review that is just at the bottom, you can review with stars and obviously five stars would be really awesome. So, um, 
subscribe to the podcast, subscribe, subscribe to Mad Yet Mighty. Um, come follow me on Instagram to follow the lovely journey that is my um, weird little lovely life. You can find me at Instagram at Meg Kelsip. Find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm annoying and I'll live tweet a lot of shit on Twitter. So if you're into that, like me, like watching people, I like to watch Twitter while I'm watching TV because I'm a freaking nerd. So yeah, come follow me on Twitter. Thank you all so much for listening. I can't wait to come back next episode. It'll be episode 10 and I'm super excited. I'm getting a brand new microphone. I might even spice it up and do a a guest. Might even do a guest on episode 10. I don't know. We might get crazy. We'll see. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone has a fabulous week.